everyone, and welcome back to the Red Dwarf IntroCast, where longtime fans and newbies alike journey together into the deepest, darkest regions of space on the mining ship Red Dwarf. Uh, my name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Shane. I'm Paul's dad. <clears throat> Actually, I'm Paul. I mean, I mean, I'm Paul's dad. I mean, <laughs> I thought Paul. that was your Paul's dad voice. I'm it Paul's was really dad. good. Yeah. <laughs> and our special guest this week. I'm Sam. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. Hello. Oh, and this week we are going to be talking about Series X, Episode 2, Fathers and Sons, with a U. And uh, Shane's going to tell us what that's about in a minute. But first, uh, Sam, good to have you back. Uh, You want to remind folks uh, who you are, where you're from, where else they might find you on the interwebs? Uh, I'm Sam Highland. Um, I'm a burgeoning voice actor and stand-up comedian. Haven't had any work yet, but I've got a stand-up gig coming up. Um, I post on the internet as Rotorstorm on the Transformers boards TFW2005 and FullMetalHero.com. Um, and I've been a fan of Red Dwarf since I was about five, so about Series 4. Aww. Awesome. Well, I like that word, burgeoning. Such a good word. I don't know if I used it correctly. You but did. You did. Sounded, you did. Yeah. And such a weird cluster of consonants there in the middle. RDG burgeoning. Um, so, uh, thank you again for being back. And It's good to be back. Shane, uh, tell us what Fathers and Sons is about. Every year, this descends in a fa- Every year, Lister sends himself a Father's Day card to celebrate the fact he is his own father. But one rumor points out he's been a loser father to himself, Lister decides to do something about it. Meanwhile, Rimmer and Lister install the new computer. The beautiful, but least the logical, pre. So, Cassandra 2, The Return of the Cassandra Inc. Cassandra <laughs> well, 2, she's back with Vengeance. Pre, actually the I actually thought it looked more like when Holly um, got hyper-intelligence. Queen. Mm, yeah. No, no, no not, not Queeg, but the one where Femme Holly got hyper-intelligent and got, like, the yeah. slit-down hair and uh, could only uh, live for, like, yeah. ten minutes. Yeah. In White Hole, uh, yeah, she wait. couldn't get Talkie Toaster to shut up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and looked nothing like Cassandra, just the, the plot of predicting behavior. Yeah. And so similar to that, but an interesting new take on it, I think. Um, uh, folks seem to like it. Um, let's see. I forget. What were our predictions last week? Or were either of us oh, close? awful. No. Like, I think I predicted a mad scientist who created suns. Mm. And, he, and you predicted something about the cats. Cat oh, people. that's right. Cat, yeah. Cat parents. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well. So, miss and a miss this time. Uh, but what did happen, though, fairly interesting. I like the idea uh, of Lister writing the card and then drinking himself to forget it. Um, similar to Thanks for the Memories, really. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. As plot there. <laughs> I, just like, I just like the fact that he knew what he was going to do himself as his own person, and it was rather funny. Like, oh, I'm going to skip yeah. this bit. Uh, but did he, though? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see, because he walked onto the bridge and said, I've got a job for you, and then she says, I know. And then the next thing we get is him waking up to the tape. So I mm. think that Pre maybe helped. Yeah. 
Possibly. It was it was it was unspoken if she did, but I'm I'm kind of making that connection. But but he when he was gushing over the card, didn't he sort of sound like Catherine's Tate, Catherine Tate's Nana Nan. character? Yeah, Nan. Yeah. Aww. Aww. He's you a come good to boy. Visit eh? me, eh? Come to visit. You come to visit me. You're a good boy, ain't ya? Ain't ya? <laughs> <laughs> it's in my chair. It's in a field. And now I'm picturing Lister in the Nan costume, and it's cracking me up. <laughs> oh. What, what about if you imagine Nan on a dwarf with Cat? Oh, she would be wonderful. <laughs> I'm a, can I? Can I? Can I just give one of? I, I want to say one of her little catchphrases, but Cat without swearing. So. Oh, go for it. We'll smack it out. <laughs> no, you can just imagine Cat is just sat there. Hey, I've stolen your guitar. Watch her. I woke up. Liberty. <laughs> We'll definitely smack that out, yes. Every every time she says that, I just <laughs> scream with laughter. You know, I know a lot of people oh, that God. just that just aren't aren't fans of Catherine Tate or that show in particular, but it just it hits me just right. It cracks me up. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. That, hello. That, you can include me on that. I know. I was trying to protect your identity. <laughs> <laughs> Protect yes. the identity of the guilty. <laughs> yes, Shane Poole is in fact uh, an a- anti-Tate. None. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see though. Um, so uh, we've got the plot there with Lister. He's going to um, uh, be a better dad to himself. Uh, He's not going to get his teeth fixed. You should always get your always teeth. Always get fixed. your teeth fixed. Yes. Don't wait 10 years to get your wisdom teeth cut out and then not have insurance for a long time. Are we talking from experience here? She is. Recent experience. She just had her wisdom teeth out a couple months back, I guess. Um, Yes. Yeah, eating, a, eating that uh, year old poppadom inside that card can't have done his teeth. Yes. <laughs> not exactly the most hygienic thing he's ever done. It's not exactly the most unhygienic exactly. thing he's ever Because it's Lister. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, we've got the cards. Uh, they're installing the new computer. Rimmer's complaining about the high pitched whining sound. Um, <laughs> Don't can say I, the quote. I know. I love it. I love it. I, can I just point something out about um, when they're making pre? I don't know if you got to that bit yet. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Right. Because I haven't watched the episode in, since it aired, so I'm, I'm unsure of where we are. And I should have watched it before I started, but I've been watching the darts and telling. Um, That's fine. We're, we're, right. We'll just do mishmash. With the um, when when Crichton and Rimmer uh, create. I'm, doing, I'm using air quotes, even though you can't see it. Creating prey. Sure. I've been at the, to go through the, what color eyes, blue? What color? Nah, 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 nah. And then he's like, what breast size shall we have? Oh, I'm not fussed. I'm not fussed. 36D. 36D. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not fussed. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that fussed. Are you it's sure? It's not important. Not, yeah. What I've already highlighted, 30A, sir. 36 <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Oh, I've noticed how. Throughout the whole episode, there was no. Um, it was from no the neck up. Yeah, from the no neck well, you see, and that, but that was on purpose because yeah. um, he slipped up. He didn't care about frame size, size. and so Crichton mm-hmm. automatically picked super zoom. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> so it was never an issue, which I think is good because it kind of looked like she wasn't wearing any clothes. A little bit. I think she was probably wearing like the flesh tone sci-fi leotards <laughs> that are so unforgiving. <laughs> Would have just been a strapless top. But well, yeah, she was creepy looking. Yeah, yeah. She's but... creepy and she's kooky. She's all kooky. Sorry. Yeah, and and I'm sorry, but maybe after you've had several crazy computers, maybe don't pass by the whole personality thing. <laughs> maybe you need to focus in on that. I know they were doing a joke about he was focused on looks and not personality, but yeah, maybe give that a bit of a go. <laughs> yeah. It's the first time we've probably seen the corridor set this season. What do you think? Oh, I didn't particularly notice. It was notice. a corridor? It's very corridor-like. <laughs> they use it chiefly, of course, as a corridor. A corridor. Um, <laughs> but you're all forgetting that we had the, we had the corridor in the last... In the last those those well. were different corridors. Those were on the... Uh, the, the Trojan. Yeah. Yes, I know. And it, apart from the fact they actually were the same corridor. Oh, uh, figures. And that they, they Ooh, painted... Right <laughs> they painted them both sides, and they oh. just they just flipped the, they just flipped it around. That's clever. Now, did they go with seafoam gray or military gray? <laughs> I think I think it was um, daybreak gray. Oh, okay. Or ocean gray. Ocean gray. Yeah, I can never remember the right colors. Okay. Oh, let's see. Um, but yeah, I so yeah they bring in pre. Um, I think fantastic job with the part. She definitely fit the scary futuristic sci-fi computer bit quite well. She reminded mm-hmm. me a bit of Glados. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't. Played... No, no, Glados just like in, ju- just, just in the just in the delivery of it, in the mm-hmm. very straightforward manner that she's saying the lines. Mm-hmm. It was it was very computer esque. Yeah, but still, Glados likes cake and Pre doesn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. Like op- <laughs> or no, wait, something's a lie. The cake, the cake is, a, is lie. a lie. Yes. I I, I like the uh, awkward silence after all of her uh, pronouncements. Like, K. So what do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> she recorded that on the night. However. Because she was so stolen and so in character for most of the recording of the episode, majority of people that she thought she was to pre-record. Aww. Wow. And it wasn't until, I think it was Chris Barry messed up a line. <laughs> and she broke character for like, you know, for that split second, people realized that she was actually there in person. Oh, how neat. <laughs> Yeah, it was a fantastic job. Uh, I, you know, your one-shot villains—they don't necessarily have to be great, but it's it's nice when you get a good one. Okay, but the most important thing is, was she blonde? Yes, because he mm-hmm. specifically said blonde. Well, she had her hair slicked down, and it made it darker. Yeah, it looked yeah. a little darker, but yeah, it was, she was blonde. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is blonde. Rebecca Blackstone is blonde. Have you, not, have you noticed how um, so far two episodes into the series and the two um, antagonists? So far, a female. Hmm. I didn't notice. Hmm. What was the? Okay, what was the last one? Uh, the um, Tim Crawford. 
Well, she was a sim. This one's computer. It's not oh, yeah. women per se. It's sort of yeah, but computers. <laughs> Hmm. And and on that note, two episodes in, we're still dealing with family. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's about family. It's what it's we are. Family. We're a family. Um. Yeah. But yeah, really solid, I think. And um, yeah, I, I liked the. And it, it really was reminding me of Cassandra when she when they had to skip over conversations. Um. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it's already happened, therefore you don't have to say it. Mm-hmm. Wah, wah. <laughs> but yeah, the whole theme of uh, predicting behavior, I, you know, we should have known as soon as we saw her that it would have to be Lister, the one that defeats her, because he usually is the one to um, to out-talk robots and make them blow themselves up Kirk-style. Yep. He was going to leave Cassandra alive, but, you know... they didn't kill this one they just turned her off I'm just wondering did Lister really put the guitar out the out of the ship (laughs) I don't think he could move it we'll say it was a scutter Mm. a scutter acting all orders because we can hear scutters we can hear scutters in this episode Inside well, the inside the demented corridor, we can hear the scutters. Yeah, but I mean, I think it was. Himself, I so. think Lister could have done it himself before he said that he was going to do it because he knew that he would have to do it. Throw the guitar out of the airlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he said, "If you skip ahead one more time, I'm going to do this." But he had already done it. Ooh, maybe he's got it programmed where you don't get the guitar until you pass your exams. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I was wondering if he maybe hit it somewhere instead of actually yeah. throwing it out of the ship because it's it's his guitar. I know. Yeah. It gives it's him like less a, fall. It's like another character on the show mm-hmm. that we saw die, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> By a cardboard cutout. You've got the this to... Um, Waking up in the shopping trolley. With a traffic cone behind it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> a, a call back to uh, the, second, the uh, second season, I believe. We're on a mining ship in the middle of deep space. Can someone please explain to me where the hell I got this traffic cone? <laughs> <laughs> I was just impressed that he's still able to like get down in that shopping cart and then get right back out of it. Mm. Yeah, did you put I couldn't do that? it. Especially seeing how he had flu he did a very good job of that mm. oh did he have the flu yeah he was, yeah. He was awful yeah, he was really bad he had really bad flu throughout the entire filming of the episode mm. and it's one where he's basically having double hander scenes with himself mm. wow basically uh what happened was uh he had the first two days off so both re- rehearsal days he had off that's the Monday and tuesday the Wednesday he did the pre-record, which is him in the video screen, drinking all that... Uh, um, yeah. And that's why he actually looks so ill, because he come back too early. It, that wasn't acting. That was actually yeah. him being ill. Nice. <laughs> well, yeah, I thought so, they were sorry. just playing up the, the drunk thing, but yeah. And, yeah, and earlier, actually, in the... Well, in this same episode, when... 
Rimmer and Crichton were boot, booting up Pui and Rimmer comes, so Lister comes down the stairs. Mm-hmm. They kept messing up. And Craig Charles being up <laughs> on the gantry was right next to when those big heavy halogen lights, mm. which is, you know, which was completely flying. So he's not feeling very well, and he's sat next to a big hot red light. Of course. I think, I think the quote in the Smegups was, will you hurry up, please? I'm smegging hot up here. <laughs> Aww. Um, let's Speaking see. of cast, though, I think Crichton's mask looks a lot better in this episode than it did in Trojan. A bit. It was. It's still a little different than it was in past seasons. But yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't look quite as. Oh my goodness! What happened to the mask? Like I was last episode. <laughs> I've got a theory. And um, it's a demon. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I think it's made it probably due to the lack of spare heads because they all got blown up so he's probably still using the same <laughs> he's probably still using the same head that got, he acquired got some wear and tear in, on it now huh beyond the jokes so and now it's 10 years in service it's not been serviced so it's starting to fall apart and it's starting to mm. give and melt and stuff like that it has been accounted for yes very good oh my uh, let's see. I love that uh, Pre fixes the ship in the same wrong way that River would have told her to. <laughs> <laughs> and he acknowledges his embarrassments. How oh. on earth did she do that, yeah. though? <laughs> <laughs> She's just that good. She's just great. <laughs> but I did like that we got nice... I mentioned both of Holly and of, and of uh, Chrissy that... Um, you know, even though they're not on the show, that they're at least still acknowledging that they're missing a couple characters. Mm-hmm. This this was like a callback episode done right. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it called back to him being his own father. It called back to previous characters. Uh, it even... I think there were... I caught a couple of cat callbacks. Like, just... I don't know, not specific things, just more you know, what his character is usually like. Well, when he said uh, when he said that he's always um, getting things that he might want and hoarding them, mm-hmm. then, you know, at early, early on, he was constantly marking things with his perfume and, and taking them. Yeah. <laughs> so. And he needed that anesthetic. Oh, yeah, you never know. Case. You never yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the one, another thing that I quite enjoy about this particular episode. Actually, no, tell I, I'm actually not going to say that. I'm actually going to say something I dislike about this episode. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and this, the Medibot scene. I was going to say, is this the first time that we've seen that particular Medibot program? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't wasn't impressed. Plus, it seemed like he was a very different character the first time, and then they changed him to doing Peter Laurie in the second meeting. Yeah. And that was weird. It was odd. He was like, so, what seems to be the problem? And then in the next scene, it's like, Rick, Rick, we've got to... It was like, okay, what's going on with this robot? I don't know, was it just the actor who's kind of spastic, or...? What's going on in the background there, guys? <laughs> oh, um, 
I had to go upstairs and just ask my dad to stop standing on the squeaky floorboard because I could just see it altering the audio level and the audacity oh, every time he sorry. just <laughs> changed his footing. So I don't know, Sam, what are your thoughts on Medibot? Medibot, I find it incredibly weird that all of a sudden we've got a Medibot and a mm. dentibot, dental bot when previously Crichton has been doing all of the surgery and everything for Lister. Yeah. Maybe they got it off a of derelict. There you go. They keep loading in programs off derelicts and they're not very good. This is a different dimension, Red Dwarf, though. The ships are dipped from a different reality than the original one. Hmm. Okay. Mm. I don't want to open that can of worms. <laughs> and I feel like I feel like that's coming from like fifty pages of fan theory. dissertation forum fan theory mm-hmm. but not that we, we uh... can't read. <laughs> hmm. No, no, no. It, it, it's it's just a theory. That's all it okay. is. Okay. Because okay. It, I mean, there was a there was a medi computer in series one. Yeah, it just didn't. It just didn't talk and have a mm. was wasn't able to communicate. So it's quite possibly just an upgrade. Mm-hmm. And to be perfectly honest with you, it actually looks too futuristic for Red Dwarf. I bet. Yeah. You know, here we are in a uh, old mining ship, and we go into the medical bay, and it looks you know twenty first century. Mm-hmm. That's why it's from a derelict. <laughs> What do you think they've been doing for the past few years? <laughs> yeah. Ten years later. I've never got the idea that this was a different Red Dwarf at all. Now, there's still a question as to Rimmer. But and that that was never really resolved and why you know, is this still the new Rimmer or is it you know, the I, I don't know. But <laughs> I, I wish I had an answer I could tell you. But mm. Well, he, d- he does know stuff about well, Lister after yeah. he, you know, after he left in season yeah. seven when he became apes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just don't have an answer. Yes. Yeah. No one has an answer other than Doug Naylor. We really don't have an answer which it is. Mm. And I'm not entirely sure Doug Naylor has an answer. <laughs> 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 I mean, prop props to him for writing, but. Sometimes I think he's just sort of like, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> and that's that's a completely valid way of writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all just in fan fan theory, but it's quite yes. possible mm-hmm. that it is an amalgamation of the two. So it's the original Rimmer's memories uploaded onto backed up onto disc combined with <laughs> Series 8 Rimmer's memories. It's, there's no way to reconcile for it, so it's just accounted for and Rim is there and sure. hard life. Sure. And yeah, okay. that's what matters. <laughs> and I, I'm not letting it bother me like I did early on because I felt like there should have been an explanation when we first sort of got this updated <laughs> new Rimmer, but there wasn't. So, okay. We're past it. The thing is, though, if there's only half yeah. an hour per episode, so if you spend five minutes explaining, oh, it's this Rimmer or that Rimmer, this is how it all happened, then that's five minutes that could obviously be going mm-hmm. into. Plot they're, setup. they're usually mm. pretty good with exposition. This episode, I felt they did a good job of Rimmer doing the whole you're your own father bit to catch people up that might not have been familiar with that particular plot line. It's a bit easy <laughs> just to reconcile. Oh yeah, Lister's his own father. He used a time machine and just put his baby self under a pool table. It's easier to say that in a sentence than, oh, 
uh, which rimmer is it? Yeah. Because that's, that's going to be timey wine be mumbo jumbo, <laughs> that is. There's, there's going to be no way to satisfy, satisfactorily explain that, I don't think. True enough. I've got a question for you. Oh, dear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we see Cat and Lister in the queue for the Denty Bot. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Why are they in the queue? Who's going to go? Who, yeah. Who's actually? Why are they waiting in a line? There's no, nobody going to be in there. I mean, who else would go into the Denty Bot? Maybe a scutter had its beak hurt and was getting. Be- because. Because programmed into the Medibot is the idea that you have to wait in line in a very depressing waiting room while reading magazines. That's true. You see, it's this the way is why people go to medical school. It's cool. In medical school, you don't learn about anything about, you know, uh, healing people. You just learn about keeping people waiting in a waiting room. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> With five year old magazines to keep you company. <laughs> yes. No, I, I okay, could actually I, see good that. Good old Carrie Shale. I could yeah. actually see that, though. The, uh, that, yeah, there's just a 20 minute wait in the waiting room mandatory for, for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Shale wasn't. Sorry, Carrie Shale, the voice of the Medibot, wasn't there on the night that they had Chris Barry reading the lines. Hmm. I don't remember seeing that on the DVD. That would have been a fantastic alternative. Hmm. Hmm. Oh. Okay, I I have to bring up something that I did not know was going to be quite this controversial. Oh. The Chinese Whispers plot I thought was actually very funny. I, I, I thought it was funny. I just didn't think it was worthy of a secondary plot. Mm. I mean, well, it was I, funny, it was, but it wasn't. And it was it was all right as a running joke, but it wasn't as good as the moose. True, true. <laughs> I, I think they were trying to do a moose thing again with this, and I don't think that it tied into the a plot very well. Mm. Um, but I don't know when. When uh, Rimmer first said, my only quote that I've written down, so that is my quote, everyone, uh, when he first introduced the uh, is it racist thing, and then I started to realize where they were going with it, then I sort of thought it was kind of hanging a lantern on some of the earlier casual racist jokes that they've made. Mm -hmm. And having them sort of trying to figure it out, but not figuring it out very well, I thought was really honest for how actual people do it. Because, you know, as the, I think it's South Park, uh, or no, 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 it's Avenue Q. Everyone's a little bit racist. Yeah. (laughs) Then... Racism because of ignorance. Because, of course, Rimmer is trying to figure out, oh, China, China and all its inventions. Uh, and Laundry realizing. and the little hats. Yeah. yeah. Again, I quote. Oh, Hush. sorry. Sorry. I, I, will, I will do that quote in full later. <laughs> but, but, yeah. Um, I just thought it was 
a very nice way of going about it because I, in fact, laughed out loud because as soon as he said the um, game name, which I've always called Telephone. Yeah, here then, I've always heard it called Telephone. I've, I've, I realized what they were talking about, but I've never heard yeah. it called Chinese Whispers. I've only heard it called Chinese Whispers. I've never heard it called Telephone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same here. Must, uh, must be across the pond thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I was thinking, wow, that's kind of uncomfortable and stuff. And then as soon as Rimmer said it, I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Of course. Yeah. yeah. But it was kind of funny as just, yeah, yeah. that the show got into, huh, is that racist? Is there a problem there? When that's, that's yeah. our thing. We and way then, too often stumble into that, whether we like it or not. Yeah, <laughs> we know that we know that the JMC is slightly racist anyway, because um, if you watch any of the previous episodes, you might not notice it before. You watch any previous episodes besides Lister, there is no F, all crew members are white. Wow, I mean, they may be from Denmark or the UK, America, anywhere. But if you look, they are all white. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just how it was. And um, play back so the time best guess, but still. And uh, the whole Taiwan Tony, I think, mm. I saw more of that's just a corporation's version of what they think Chinese people are probably like, and just supposed to be the amalgamation of all the horrible stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it and is. Not, it, we, we know we know that the JMC is slightly racist anyway because it, it's sort of along the same lines as um, the Italian starships with the mechanoids with penises, so they can mimic the crew members by cupping themselves all day. Mm-hmm. It's it's along the same sim- it's along similar lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but yeah, I mean, as far as as far as out of show, as far of as far as the sketch itself, yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, I, I you know. Uh, Maybe it won't hold up to more viewings. Yeah, it doesn't really add much to the plot as a whole. And, you know, okay, haha, they're actually playing Chinese whispers without realizing it. Um, okay, yeah, that was funny. But, yeah, as far as just what Angela was talking about there, this is so sort of exploring how race is handled and, and how, and then doing blatantly racist things consciously but, in, in their discussion yeah. of racism, I thought was, was pretty funny. But there never being any, like, malicious intent or anything. It's mm-hmm. just from, you know, unthinkingness, mm-hmm. which, you know, we're all, uh, we're, we all fall prey to. Indeed. Yeah. So, there's that plot. Okay, let's get to the real plot, though. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we've got three, uh, let's see, she's uh, blown up B-deck. I didn't realize there was a B deck, but now there's a B deck. Where, where'd the decks oh, numbered? Oh, there's a Z deck. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought they were numbered before. They weren't numbered yeah. before. Okay, but there, there were there were levels. The levels oh, okay. are numbered, but the decks are alphabetized. I see. Okay, well that that clears that up. Um, <laughs> I the... think it's like I think it's like uh, levels is floors, and then um, the decks are sort of wings. Wings, as it were. <laughs> we need a schematic. Yes, we want a Dwarfers perfect. Get on that. We want a perfect diagrammed blueprint of Red Dwarf right now. Just um, like we have for the for the Starship Enterprise, <laughs> all of them. Um, and even in the Star Wars universe, you've got some some surprisingly good schematics of ships. 
Um, let's see. And then uh, Lister's dad punishes himself by <laughs> unenlisting, even though it wasn't really him, but it was him. And so... Yes. <laughs> uh, the pre- this, I was a little frustrated with because I already knew how it was going to turn out. Oh, did you? Because he had already yeah. made a file for his son. So I was like, oh, it's the same name. He's going to have to enlist as his son, and yeah. therefore or he'll be young enough to be in the program. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, the idea, though, that uh, the ship would no longer provide oxygen for non-JMC <laughs> yeah. members. So that's, that's yeah. a new idea that I guess Pre herself is deciding to enforce when Holly... Certainly did not, get, seeing as how a cat and his ill and a whole race of cat people <laughs> existed for a couple of million years without uh, GMC, uh, JMC clearance. It, it, it just seems a bit malicious because surely the JMC policy would be to drop someone off at the nearest planetoid or moon with a breathable atmosphere rather than just straight up murder them. You would think. I don't know. Oh, though. Then we oh, found out about their prison. Or oh, oh, was all this? I mean, all of it part of Pre's plan to get this to sign up. Ah. But then she got taken offline. Yeah, maybe she sacrificed herself to um, fulfill the the directive that Father Lister gave of setting this whole thing up. That's an interesting theory. I like it. Hmm. Well, now I want to see um... Uh, Rimmer try to uh, uh, teach Lister how to study and teach him all to do the wrong thing. <laughs> do you think that's what... I try to be his steady coach. Do you think they're actually going to follow that up and have Lister try to get his robotics degree? Oh, I'd enjoy it, but I don't know. I mean, I... Well, he, repl- he, rep- he repaired Crichton. He did. He did, he did yeah. And, Several times. And he, he can work on motorcycles. Which probably aren't a particularly advanced technology in terms of uh, 20-whatever-century technology, but mm-hmm. still, something. I can't. <laughs> um, One thing we haven't mentioned yet, and it is the fact that uh, Lister recalls that message on a VHS. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I noted it. I noted it, yeah. Well, well, it said that the Cylons can't find them. <laughs> It was on a VHS. Now, well, they they can't use DVDs just because they keep getting lost. So they just yeah. went back to videotapes. Mm. True, Although, true. Yeah, yeah, that was what it was. But then there's also kind of an issue there because of how the message was recorded. He was clearly switching to tracks on a DVD. Mm. But <laughs> I guess he was just stopping it automatically, or maybe the computer is programmed to stop uh, the tape and play at different sections. It's future technology. There you go. Future, future VHS tape. technology, yes. It is, in fact, it's... DVD technology inside a VHS ah, casing. Lovely. <laughs> lovely. That works. Accounted for. Well, that would be how technology would have gone if they'd have abandoned DVDs and kept with VHSs. Then they would have had to continue to improve VHSs. Mm-hmm. Boom. And then they would have had Betamax. But... <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Um. Let's see then. Yeah. So he does his message, and then we get just how many creepy spiked 
platform things, do they have to... What What is the usual purpose of those on Red Dwarf, do you think? The, the portable walls of spikes? <laughs> well... They're full you, lift trucks. Yeah, they're full... Well, not, well, in real life, they're actually mobility scooters. With spikes. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, we, we saw one, uh, well, really near the start of the episode, and Croton calls him Garby. Hmm. So it must be a garbage collector. Oh, a garbage I see. compactor. Yeah. I see. And those spike things, I think, probably are something that pre-installed herself. Hmm. The to uh, further along the plot. Yeah. Okay. I'll buy that. You know, surprisingly, though, um, for something that would have required them a lot, we see no scudders this episode. I want some scudders. Why are there no scudders? Why is there no holly? They, well... (laughs) Yeah, but it's it's not like you have to pay a a scudder to hang around on set when you're not giving them lines. Um, I don't know, they have got a pretty good union. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, to repair B-Deck, to install the spikes, to set up a lot of the things that Pre was doing, scudders would have been required. Um, Yeah. And they have such personality and are great for three-second comedy relief. I kind of I miss that. They're ninja scudders. Yes, they've been programmed to be ninjas now. <laughs> it's like Jar Jar Binks, Master of Invisibility. Um, yes. <laughs> hmm. All right, let's see. Have we gotten yeah, to the end of gets, the plot? Yeah, he, he gets... I think so. He gets injected. Shunted out, and then uh, he... Really cool scene with the nice heroic music of him flying back in. Well done, that, with with the special effects. Mm. Uh, Rimmer gets to uh, head the mission to pilot them into the sun (laughs) in 90 minutes. Operation Sizzle. Yes. He gets a a promotion. Yes. He does. (laughs) And she looks so pleased when she's announcing the name of Operation Sizzle. Mm. She was very proud of her creative um, coming up with the name, mm-hmm. titling. So it was a steaming pile of hot stuff, personally, but <laughs> <laughs> loaded of Tottenham. Um, and then, yeah, he points out that he would go ahead and finish his medical exam and become a crew member and uninstall her. Therefore, she should re- uninstall herself. And but then does. what if she had thought that if she did that, he probably wouldn't do all of those things there because he's lazy. Therefore, she doesn't do it. But then, oh, wait, if she doesn't do it, then he probably would have gone and do all those things. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make paradoxes where there aren't paradoxes. <laughs> we have enough paradox eye as it is. Indeed. Paradox, time travel, sci-fi, smeg. Yes. We are, de- we are dealing with a show where the main character is his own father. So, it, yeah. He's old dad. Yeah. And um, I, I, I want to give a good rousing ew to that. <laughs> it's still gross. A bit. A bit. So, yeah, definitely needs... I do hope. I don't know. I don't even want to say that, but 
The things that he was voicing about himself as a character, that he's a bit of a layabout, that he doesn't have any ambition or goals and whatnot, yeah, that's kind of been one of my complaints the whole series, is that it really should have been about him developing. And in some ways it did, but then it sort of gets sidetracked, because it's funnier if he's a layabout with no ambition. So, Well, it's also sort of about life. I mean, I you know, we... We improve in certain ways, but then there are certain things that we try to get rid of, and all it all sort of comes back to it. Yeah. Mm. But at, at the end, when at the end of nine, when he realized his goal actually was to be with Kachansky and build a life, then I kind of thought that's what series ten was going to be—the quest for, the quest for Kachansky. But so far, we're not getting that. No. Nope. And it could just come down to well. They didn't want to bring in another character, and she was busy. Or maybe it's yet to come, or maybe not. I don't know. But, anyway. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Kienzabi. Um, Alright. Any other points on this episode before we move on? Um, nothing much to say. I mean, I've got, do you have the set report up with me from the Gadamine and Titan guys? And unlike, just to say that unlike the, this last week's episode, this episode was actually recorded in order. Oh, neat. Ooh. Oh, I've, I have got a couple, actually. Mm. I, I love Rimmer's reaction when he's told that the ship's going into the sun. Chris Barry's acting inside that scene is just fantastic. Mm. Oh, yeah. Also, when like, at the end, at the climax, why is Crichton affected by the laughing gas? Because reasons... Because he wants to it uh, fit been in. Accounted for. It has. Well, we've already established, just like he's affected by the polymorph, that he has a very slight organic component to his brain. So, for some reason, laughing gas happens to affect that. <laughs> well, it's sort of like when, when, when the machine in DNA transformed him back from human, he retained that small part of himself. Even though they've <laughs> the established laughing gas. Even though they've established that he can survive completely without oxygen. But oh well. Mm. <laughs> also, they were completely out of anesthetic, and yet there's enough laughing gas to fill an entire corridor. So think that. <laughs> <laughs> Although I suppose, as far as gases go, nitrous oxide is fairly easy to manufacture. But still, yeah. At least he got his teeth toothpulled. <laughs> yes, he yes. did. Oh. If you put off dental work that long, sometimes it does take the, the oh, go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just get it over with. All right. Well, nice episode overall. Uh, let's take just a moment to give a bit of a shout out to another podcast. We will come back. Uh, we will do some feedback. We will do some quotes. We will do some ratings. We will do some predictions. Uh, we'll play a few games of uh, checkers and uh, see just see where it goes from there. We've got to play a game of Junior Angler. <laughs> <laughs> You think your show is safe? It is an illusion, a comforting lie told to protect you. Enjoy these final moments of peace, for I have returned to make a podcast. Welcome to First Contact, a Star Trek The Next Generation intro cast. Cadet Alex Newsom reporting for duty. Permission to come aboard and be keen, sir. (laughs) 
I actually think they nailed down Picard quite well in the pilot. That's it. I am done with Star Trek. This is terrible. It's almost as if we're saying they're uncivilized. It was fortuitous that we did our worst that early on. And what sort of game are you looking for today? Would it be mental, physical, mystery, or... Jordy, I mean, as we know about his character, he is blind. Is Jordy blind? I, I didn't he, know that. He is. <laughs> First Contact, the next generation intro cast. Available now at thespoilers.com. And on iTunes. I can't think of anything that could really be quite so against what I take to be the, the core idea of Star Trek. And we're back. And before we get to feedbacks and ratings and quotes, Angela is going to have to take things a bit out of order. Like Jack Kerouac, she has to get on the road. Um, so she... Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, I've got that song in my head. <laughs> like Willie Just Nelson. Get, get on the road again. You know uh, what, we should, we should, you should stick that in, like, post-dub. Stick that in between. On the road. I don't know that I have any Willie Nelson on, on my... Uh, I, it's a shame, he's a good guy. Come on, okay. it would be the only podcast ever to have a Willie Nelson slash Red Dwarf connection. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, I will have you know that Red-Haired Strangers in Space Cast has long... Uh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> okay, but yes, yes, I have to get on the road, so I'm going to give my readings, and I'm going to give my one quote that everyone knows which quote I'm going to give. Um, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, I thought they were... I don't know. I don't think it was as good as the episode before. Um... But I really, really enjoyed how they were able to take previous stuff and make it not creepy. Like, it almost justifies a robberus for me, <laughs> just to have this one. It's a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> so I am going to give it an 8 out of 10. Um, oh, gosh. Uh completely unnecessary dental bot cues. <laughs> um, and then my quote, Rimmer, while we're at it, Chinese whispers. Isn't that racist? Basically what you're saying is that Chinese people can't communicate a simple piece of information to one another. Now, if that's the case, how come they invented acupuncture, gunpowder, laundry... Those funny little hats. Chinese whispers. It's offensive, racist, and wrong. Ask around. I think you'll find I'm right. And that last bit, I just want to add to, like, anything. <laughs> Ask around. Like, I think you'll find I'm right. <laughs> it's offensive, racist, and wrong. <laughs> add that to all of your episode reviews. It's offensive, yes. racist, and wrong. Ask around. <laughs> uh, all oh, right, but it luck. has been a hoot and a half and I am going to be driving bye guys bye be careful oh, no, bye. Bye. careful driving bye. Bye. I will bye 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 okay and now it is time for some feedback so Angela has weaseled her way out of reading feedback um let's see we will begin with 
Russ Greeno, who says it is his favorite of the whole season. I uh, didn't think much of Pre, but Craig is very funny. Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Gareth Edward writes, one of the best episodes of Red Wolf X ever. The angle of this to being its own dead and the new computer and the new computer work well. The best moment is the two lister scene, and it goes to show not only how far Craig has come as an actor, but also how the show has improved since the early days. Mm. Phil Baker says the double list scene is amazing, and it's a very good pickup of the Ouroboros story. I love the kebab pillow and Lister flying into the scoop. Pre is brilliantly played by Rebecca Blackstone and all of the cast are on top form. The Medibot and dispenser machines are just a little bit too zany, but that's a minor quibble in the fine episode. Hmm. Now, next we have Ewan, and we're going to summarize a bit on some of the longer ones here, but Ewan thought it was a good episode. He especially liked uh, Rebecca Blackstone as Pre. Um, but he was a bit let down, uh, some folks commented on this, by uh, the Chinese Whisper subplot, uh, especially Taiwan Tony and the Asian stereotyped accent. Um, a bit of, he said it makes him feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, to me, to me, you and I can just justify it because they, they are sort of hanging a lantern on being racist while trying to figure out if things are racist like sometimes happens, but yeah, I totally agree that it's still, yeah. Um, let's see, doesn't care for Dinty or Metabot either, uh, but on the whole, very good episodes, says Ewan. Um, Chad Ahead, I love that name, by the way, says, I love this episode, I even like the things that tend to be much maligned, such as Medibot and Chinese Whisper subplot. The two listeners scene in particular is outstanding. I think that's one of the best scenes that's ever been in Red Dwarf. Stephen Simpson writes, A very good episode with some brilliant acting by Craig, who had very ill-drawn filming. It could have been brilliant if it wasn't for the Chinese Whispers arc, which puts a dampener on that episode as a whole. Uh, Next we have Jonathan Young, another long one. Uh, He says it's a truly awesome episode, uh, alongside the best of early Red Dwarf. Um, really loves the Lister Father plot, the performance. Um, he says it's like Mass Effect 2. Uh, oh, wait, no. <laughs> Hang on. That's not right. Uh, like me squared. Um, uh, but with an even uh, better relationship on uh, uh, personal family relationship twist. Um, really fond of Craig's performance. Thinks Pre is a, a nice new take on the Holly Queeg uh, 2001 Space Odyssey bit. Yeah. You know, I didn't make that connection, but yeah, definitely. The HAL, HAL 9000 there. Mm. Um, best villainous ever in all of Red Dwarf. Wow, that's no. that's high praise. No, I, I, still, I still like no. Professor Lamster more. Mm. I don't know. Mine is the... Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, the Simulants. The... Oh, the one from uh, Gunmen and Rip yes. World. Mm. Oh, well, now he says villainess, so... Oh, if that's the case, then um, uh, I was going to say Kachansky, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, you. Um, uh, no, best, best villainess, yeah, Landstrom. Okay. But the saying that there was pretty actually a rhythm, because she's only doing what her program and stated. Yeah, but she was killing people and driving the ship into the sun, so... I don't know. Uh, let's see. Um, the third plot, uh, 
fits in well, but suffers the... Yeah, okay. Some of the same problems with the Chinese Whispers thing, and, and I definitely can see that. Um, music and editing sell a great ending with the scoop, uh, and the scoop uh, and whoop moment, a shining bright sun of an episode. Five stars. All right. Somebody want to read Darren? Darren Foster. I'm going to try and do it in an Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Excellent I plot, but very poor B plot. Very, very glad to have some of the list there starting to actually grow up. Beyond 30 extreme irresponsibility, simply become pathetic. Chinese whispers makes no sense as a game at all. Indeed, the game itself is something of a pet peeve of mine to begin with. With AI players, makes even less sense. I am so sorry, Darren. Um, if you want to hate me, I understand. You apologize to Australia, Paul. <laughs> uh, okay. I would never do that. Oh, um, come on. It's better than your fucking list of I know. That's why. At least there was some semblance of an Australian accent. That's why I'm joking, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Nick Ridley, Lister's Daddy Discipline, is the best thing in the X series for me. Uh, though I think uh, there should have been a better line to get Lister over to his guitar. Ah, oh, I didn't find that. Okay. Uh, but Taiwan Tony is the worst thing the show has ever done. Oh, wait, it goes on. Oh, it keeps going on. <laughs> it goes on for a while. When in next, the course next. of human events it becomes necessary... Oh, wait, sorry. Okay, here we go. So, um, uh, hang on a second. I-, I need to put this into context. So, Taiwan Tony is better than Crichton's behavior in Crichton TV. I'm just going to let that settle in. No, he says worse. He says worst. He's saying this is worse than Crichton filming all of the female prisoners for all the male prisoners. Yes, yes, that that would be his his assertion. Yeah. Um. Let's see. He says it great center of it because uh, it mixed priorities. Interesting. Uh, Likeable idea of telephone. Uh, overshadowed by a ham-fisted plot strand that paints dwarfers as casual racist. Um, yeah, there's there's some issues there. Um, Crichton is the possible exception, but I feel Rimmer leveling that accusation at him <laughs> in the episode having no intention of resolving it is awful. I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm going to quit commenting on this and keep going on. Uh, okay, we have more about uh, Taiwan. Tony, um, a bit Chinesey. Taiwan being the Republic of China has issues with the People's Republic of China. Yeah, very, very true. Can we just sum up into, the fact, into his next comment that he doesn't like Taiwan Tony? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the Taiwan Tony subplot is a problem for Nick and a lot of people. Good point. Yeah. Oh, wait. Well, we have to put this quote in, though. Uh, isn't good enough to justify Red Dwarf farting out tenuously ironic yellow peril humor. Okay. Oh, I, I was about to read Paul Hadley, so then I realized he's an essay as well. Um, Go for it. Lister's not an enlightened 21st slash 24th century guy. Um, maybe China <laughs> in the future is different to China now. Um, a shame Taiwan Tony bogged down the episode a bit. Uh, Holly, well, Holly-ish. Um, a bit weird to brought the mold of Red Dwarf computers. Great episode overall. Go Series X. Yeah, and he, he uh, Paul also points out that um, it's a, a bit of a Cassandra tribute with the precog deal. But yeah, I, I definitely felt the same way there, Paul. Cool. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you all for the feedback. And <laughs> we have one more bit of feedback that we're about to play. Uh, Nutty and Tech weigh in, and apparently 
This is the best series of television ever made ever. Let's have a listen, shall we? Nukjas and Tech giving feedback for fathers and sons. Hi, I'm Tech. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nukjas. So what did we think of Fathers and Sons? By far, best episode in all 10 series. This is the pinnacle, 11 out of 10. This is the greatest. 11 out of 10. I like that. Yeah, I, I'm going to give it 11 out of 10 uh, Gelf Hooch mixes. Oh, yes. The swish of Gelf Hooch. Oh, oh, that just looked nasty. I don't know what that was in that bottle, but it looked like half iced tea, half old coffee. It was disgusting. Maybe some cider? I don't know. Uh, but uh, it also, this episode also gives us the greatest line out of all of Red Dwarf. The uh, I'm getting drunk. And I mean traffic cone hugging, pavement licking, kershnickered. Well, and you know, as you say that, I'm thinking this episode also kind of brings back so much of the past episodes. For instance, the traffic cone thing. Mm. In one of the earlier scenes, Lister talks about, have you ever noticed when you're completely drunk, you always wind up with a traffic cone? We're in the middle of space. Where did I find this? And then later on... No, it's the, policeman's, it's the yeah. policewoman's helmet and garters yeah. that I'm worried about. And then later on, he's in the shopping cart. Why is there a shopping cart on Red Dwarf? And there's a traffic cone right there. Oh, yes. Um, the, 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 it goes back to him being his own father, which I love. Mm-hmm. I just, I love that whole plot. The predictive technology thing, the videos, the, uh, you're a big disappointment to me, David, and all <laughs> yeah. the rest of it is so well done. It is the pinnacle of the show's comedy style. I loved it. I laughed wholeheartedly. If I'm going to give a criticism, and we talked about yes, this Yes, we earlier, did. We're going to talk about this. The B-plot fails falls completely flat. Um, I don't even know if it's a B-plot or if it's a C-plot. I don't know. They, yeah. they tried. To, they tried to go for a gag. They tried to go for a joke. It, it didn't work. It didn't work. Um, the Chinese whispers is what we're yeah, talking about. It, it's it's so bad that when I think of this episode, I forget that that's part of it mm. because it just it's not part of my head canon. No, and and is it racist? And does it have a, a spot in the show? Who cares? Ignore it and let yeah. the rest of the episode uh, just carry it because it is it is that strong. One thing we did talk about is like maybe we didn't get it because. That's called telephone over here in North America. Yes, the game, the game that the Brits know as Chinese whispers, we know as telephone, and that maybe the reason the joke fell so flat, and maybe why it felt so uncomfortable, is that we've just never heard that term before. Yeah, and and that is a thing. Um, just wasn't funny. No, it really wasn't. And beyond, while we're on the topic of racism. The voice of Taiwan Tony. Oh, that was horrible. That was just That was dumb. really, oh, yeah. That wasn't racist. That was stupid. That was racist and stupid. Yes, yeah, so well, let's go there. <laughs> well, and, and you said earlier, uh, Rimmer was right. Yeah, for the, for the first time in 10 series of Red Dwarf, Rimmer was right. And he was right about a sensitivity issue. I'm what show are we watching? That's why that plot does not work. Mm. A terrible plot. But it's not part of the episode, at least not in my head cannon. Nope. Um, that Joss has a head cannon. I do have a head cannon. It's awesome. Uh, but, you know, the rest of the episode is so good that um, we really shouldn't dwell on that one nope. horrible topic that I'm sure, you know, Doug thought, hey, here's an idea. Let's 
say that something's racist and in the attempt of seeing whether or not it is or not, go completely overboard and be completely racist. That'll be funny. No, it's not. Well, Dave Chappelle did it successfully. But that's a different style of comedy and one that Doug should have stayed away from. Yeah. It takes a very special type of comedic brain to sort of to push satire to that level. It didn't work in this yeah, case. It, it works work. in a lot of other cases. I could ignore it. We said we weren't going to talk about it. Yeah, we're, we're done. We're, we're done talking about, about it. Okay, so uh, anything else about the episode that we need to discuss? Oh, the weird... Okay, so a continuation of our voicemail. Yes, continuation. What else do we need to dis- discuss? The weird... The weird-looking Medi-Doc. Yes, he was creepy. Mm. He reminded me of Doc from Buffy. Not going to say any more because spoilers. Mm. <sighs> what else is there to talk about? I don't know. I forgot. Uh, we did discuss um, Cat's whole... You didn't think ahead. Ah, yes. That was great. <laughs> uh, a, great je- a great joke and you you always got to laugh when it's Cat that gets the punchline. Because mm-hmm. uh, they're... They're usually well written, and well, Danny's delivery is always awesome. Oh, there was also something that's like it's hotter in here than me in spandex or something like that. Or right, right. Was, it was it's hysterical. A, it's, it's a cat line. They're always good. Um, oh, and how uh, Dave was able to solve the problem at the end with a very Douglas Adams style of logic. The whole well, if you're trying to save us time. Can't we just say that we did all that and you delete yourself? Your logic is flawed. Bang. Yes, very time travel-y, very weird. Uh, still hating the office chairs on the bridge. Uh, still don't understand why they needed to remake the set. The last one was fine. Probably because uh, he got scrapped. I'm sure Shane will tell us what happened. Yeah. I know. yeah. hate the office chairs. Uh, that's it. 11 out of 10. Greatest episode ever. Yeah. Yeah, we loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, so do, do, do you have a, a rating scale like I did with my Swish? Gelf? Whatever. Gelf hooch. Yeah. Mm, 11 fatherly disappointments out of 10. Nice. Very nice. Thank you. So we hope that you guys enjoyed it just as much as we did. Unfortunately, we're afraid you hated it. Bye. And we're back. And thank you, Nutty and Tech, for your feedback. Always appreciated. Good to hear from you, you guys again. And we have one more voicemail from our good buddy, Ian. Let's have a listen. Hello there, Red Dwarf Introcasters. Hi, it's Ian from the brand new Down Below Babylon 5 Introcast with my second bit of feedback. Now, I've been listening to you guys since you were around the end of Series 2 and I've enjoyed you an awful lot. I've been watching myself since about Series 5 but that was on VHS about a month before Season 6 came out. And it was really, as I said before, the show that introduced me to sci-fi. And um, I've really been enjoying Series uh, 10, especially when it came out before. It kind of felt like this was proper Red Dwarf. I mean, all of it is proper Red Dwarf. But I had um, really enjoyed everything up until Series 8. Series 8 for me was rubbish when I first watched it. I was really puzzled at the time why people really didn't like Series 7 and were really enjoying Series 8 at the time. It really kind of put me off um, fandoms for a while. On to Fathers and Sons. Well, I really enjoyed it. Again, we've got character development here and character development that makes sense for Lister. Um, (laughs) Keeping himself 
fatherly advice. Uh, it makes sense what Pri does here as well. She actually actively uninstalls herself through a long-term thing, you know. Because she's got predictive behaviour, I think her plan was to create this whole scenario in the first place where they'd shut her down because she realised their best chance for survival was actually without her. And, yep, I liked it a fair bit. Anyway, I really enjoyed this episode along with the last one. And, as I said, it reinvigorated my love for the series and yeah maybe want to go back home and watch the DVDs again something I hadn't done for quite a while and then a few months later after that when I discovered Intracasting I discovered your podcast and it's just reinvigorated my love for Red Dwarf oh and about the asteroid in the middle of the ship I always assumed that because it's a mining ship the ship would grab an asteroid and put it onto the ship so that all the mining is done on ship on the asteroid that they've actually got a hole and space for. Anyway, just something I've always thought about the ship. Anyway, bye now guys. Here's looking forward to the next episode. Thank you, Ian. I should specify that it was Ian Swallow, not Ian Symes. Um, thanks very much for the feedback, and uh, let's see now. Um, okay, so moving on uh we need to do some quotes yeah yep. yeah all right uh well uh sam you get to go first because you're a guest okay resigned you what oh that wasn't me that was me dad who okay is me but it wasn't me that resigned it was him look we'll start again i'm me i'm my dad's me because i'm my own dad now to teach me a lesson he my dad resigned Although he resigned and he is me, I don't want to resign because I'm not him, even though he's me. It's clear. Very clear, former crewman. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. The one I like um, was... Uh, so now we don't have that conversation and move straight on to the next conversation. Your next conversation is a conversation about not having the previous conversation, saying you were looking forward to the previous conversation and now feel a bit lost not having had that conversation. You conclude that you will probably get used to hearing the results of your conversations and no longer having the conversations yourselves. I'll go next, if that's okay. No. Considering Paul stole my one right at the top of the show. Did I? Yes, you did. Oh, was it? <laughs> yes, it we'll was. say it again so people might. If, in, in I, I can't remember would. Shay. <laughs> I'm actually going to do this other one instead. If that's you watch, it'll be mine that I is nicking. You watch. <laughs> I you really love that guitar. You don't understand me. I hate you, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't mine, so it's alright. Uh, What's yours? Mine is. Mindful of the space. I can't even do a fiend. Mindful of the space. Pollution that GMC policy dictates the ship should dispose of itself by flying straight into the nearest sun. What? What about us? Never mind us. What about me? There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, so, that was a. So, how long be- have we got before we reach the point of no return? The melting point? You mean the point where sun cream and floppy hats are no defence because our noses have started melting in- onto our shoes which are now floating down the corridor in a river made up of our own leg gravy? <laughs> you know what? That one didn't quite work for me. 
I don't know what it is about those. Sometimes they just hit and I crack up, but like when they're in a life or death seconds count situation and then they make time for Crichton or, or Rimmer to like, or Cat even, to make like a five minute long funny speech or comparison, then, you know, sometimes yeah. it works and sometimes th- this, that one annoyed me for some reason. It's just a bit clunky. It's, it doesn't quite flow. They've, yeah, they're, they're, they've had better of those. Um, I have one. Go ahead. Thank goodness for that derelict, sir. I'm so excited at the process of having another computer. We so miss Holly. It's true. We don't get the same quality of cock-up these days, do we? <laughs> um, along that line, uh, you knew that I was going to cock this up so you cocked it up for me. So, I have a choice. Get turned off now, have a non-existence for the rest of eternity, or live a little longer and then get cooked to death. It's a real head it scratcher, sir. The no question. <laughs> nice. Uh, oh, you know what? We didn't even mention, and I don't have the exact quote written down, but um, uh, Victory South. <laughs> a show about the Civil War, American Civil War in which the South won. Uh, were they making a Downton Abbey joke there with the, you know, this sort of historical and then all of your favorite characters died, even the, uh, I don't know. It seemed like they were knocking something there. I don't know. Could be anything. I mean, it is, it is, it's probably along the same line, sort of lines as Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Or whatever it was, where say like say it's like a false history. Oh yeah, yeah, that. But no, I I just meant the her like season one being a hit, and then um, she deleted all twenty four episodes of the other seasons because she watched them and he didn't like them because the uh, his favorite characters all died. I don't know. It seems like they were taking a shot at some. I wasn't sure if it was like Downton Abbey or what, but now as far that plot. Uh, alternate history in which the South won. There are so many books like that. (laughs) It's weird. Any other quotes? I'm quoted out. Um, Can you hear that? What? That? Can you hear it? It's driving me crazy. All over the ship. Wherever I go, it's this really annoying whining sound. Yeah, it's you. Stop talking at once. It's still there. He's still talking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Was... What, the smeg? Don't swear. How the smeg did you know I was going to swear? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for breathing GMC oxygen. And, it, we, and we hope sometime in the future, we will, you will decide to bring our oxygen again. Have a safe onward journey. Goodbye. Nice. Um, right. Has, has someone got the... Um script with them nope we couldn't find a script I've just taken mine directly from the subtitles on the DVD just describe the one you're talking about um I'm just it's Rimmer's about to watch something on TV and then Pre goes I watched them all yesterday and you did not enjoy them yeah that's what I was just saying with Victory South we just said that Victory sorry I was miles away looking at looking for quotes oh I'll see there that's what you get DVD to play ball, I might be able to find it. Yeah. That's not a man, um, that's Liston. Yeah. So, uh, ratings. Yes. Sam, rate this for us. Um, I really like this episode. 
Um, I liked it on first viewing, and I still like it now. The Chinese Whisper stuff, I can take it or leave it. It's not as big of an issue as people make out, and it doesn't ruin what is overall a really good episode. So I would rate it 8 out of 10 psychotic new computers. (laughs) Psychotic yet absolutely lovely computers. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, you're a bit upset that she's about to kill you, but you know, she's at least looking good while doing it. So Mm -hmm. I would have thought, I would have thought up of something better, but I honestly couldn't think of anything. It was just off the top of my head. No, that's good. Shane. Um, I have to say it's not as good as last week's. Um, I don't like the Taiwan Tony stuff at all. Um, if it was taken out, then we would have a much better episode. We could t- use that Taiwan Tony stuff yeah. to get more scenes with Pre, or maybe even more scenes with Dave talking to himself. That would have been better. You know, mm. so I would have to give it seven Dante bots. If if you're going to have to think of a new rating system, I can go ahead, Paul. Yeah, go on. Okay. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of kind of on the same note as as Shane. The first time I watched this episode, um, I got to the end of it and I was like, I don't know. It was a little confusing. I'm not sure that I liked it very much. Uh, You know, it was it was okay, but then I watched it again. And yeah, you know what? It 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 holds up. I think this one is one of the rare ones that like gets better on repeat viewing. Um usually it's it's whether or not they're still good after you watch them a couple times. Uh so yeah, I think this was a, it was a solid episode. It didn't leave me quite as excited as as the first one. Um uh, I thought the first one was just a really uh, strong season starter. But this, it's a totally decent episode. Uh, it kept me interested. A bit uncomfortable with Taiwan Tony, sure. But I, I feel like we've talked, like I've, I've talked about why I, um, I'm kind of okay with that. Because I think they were very consciously uh, drawing attention to some of the uncomfortable race issues that have happened on the show. Um, so all that being said, I'm going to go with a seven and a half... Uh, bottles of oh, gelf hooch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no way. I was like, okay, Denny, but I'm looking, I'm looking. Right, I'll use gelf hooch. Well, if, if, you want, if you want to store for more time... No, um, it's all right. I've, uh, thought I've, of a... I've got one, I've got one. Um, this episode was good until people started nicking my rating system and it's gone down in my estimation <laughs> now because there isn't, <laughs> there isn't much uh, stuff to actually... Um, rate it on so um, I'm not going to use that one chain it's not good I've got um, so I am going to give this but to be fair right I like the episode I'm not that big a fan of Prey to be honest hmm. I was just like yeah hmm. it's it's not Holly is it <laughs> to be fair we wouldn't have had the same effect if it was Holly um, it would have been for the sun and ended up in a in a water place in a water planet somewhere. Um, <laughs> that's, that's all right. I'm not going to use that because I want to think of one of my own. Oh, okay. um, 
So I will give... I, I'm not that fussed about the Taiwan Tony stuff either. People going, oh, it's racist, it's racist. There was no malicious intent. So it's not racist. Um, that's in my opinion anyway. And I really, 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 really like the Den Denny Bot. I thought he was funny. Don't know why. Um, so I am going to give this... Wow. Um, seven and a half stretch limo three point turned cavities. That was a really bad rating system, but because uh, Sam and Heath stole mine, that's all you're going to get. <laughs> really? Oh, really? You stole that one because I I came up with a better one, which was uh, the kebab pillows. Yeah, but yeah, I'll, I'm going. Well, I just I just saw a quote where he said you can uh, I've got a cabinet the size a stretch limo can do a three point turning. Sure, sure. And I tried to incorporate that into a rating system, which didn't work. You could have gone with uh, mask off to the <laughs> <laughs> But we have rated. So <laughs> moving on, um, we are getting to the end here. Hey, Shane. Shane. Hello. Yes. Poke. Hi. Oh. Hello. What's the next episode? Lemons. Lemons. I have no idea what lemons could be about, and Angela's not even around to predict. Um, so, guesses. Uh, you know, they've got the when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. So maybe it's going to be about them making the best of a bad situation, and somehow. Maybe it's going to be about an actual fruit lemon. Um that turns out to be irradiated and mutated and maybe there's lemon people wandering around the ship now. I don't know. Um, uh, third guess, um, uh, a lemon is slang for uh, a bad car or a bad purchase. Ah, I bought it and it's a lemon. Um, so maybe they're going to find a new ship or something and it's going to turn out to be a lemon or they're going to buy something. I don't know. If I have like, to if guess, you go, though, If you're going along those lines, it could be something to do with Crichton. Well, there you go. Crichton is a lemon. We know that. But um, if I had to uh, narrow it down to a single guess, though, I'm going to stick with my first instinct and say that it's about like they find something and it turns they think it's going to be a disaster, but then they try and make a positive of it, but hilarity still ensues. I don't know. It's vague. I'm going on the conceptual level instead of plot. It's going to be out there. Okay, that's my guess. Um, we'll find out what lemons are next week. Uh, Sam, thank you for dropping by. It's it's been great. I've got one last thing we forgot to mention on this episode. Cat's hey, outfit. Ooh. Yes, yes, it's a, the, yeah, sort of a more the, colourful one there. The pink shirt with the sort of weird yellow and purple effect with the turquoise false fur yeah it's sort yeah. of psychedelic it is like, like a Jackson Pollock mm-hmm like a, well, I'm thinking like 70s tie-dye almost but yeah yeah hmm cat would have yeah cat's outfits are always a highlight aren't they <laughs> yeah so, um, anyway, uh, we will see you next week, and, uh, thank you for listening. Bye! Bye! Bye.